Grace, mercy and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. I'll be preaching today from the Gospel reading, what are sometimes called the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, 1 to 12. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, make us holy in the truth. Your word is truth. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder if you sometimes hear people say, like I do, I feel so blessed. I feel so blessed. It's interesting to me how this sort of language persists even in our increasingly secular culture. Some of you will be aware that in the online world, social media, that sort of thing, there's a bit of a tag that people use for this, hashtag blessed. The idea is that when something good happens to you and you want to express some gratitude, people will put this on their Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, hashtag blessed. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry about it too much because then you're probably truly blessed. (laughs) But in that online world, it persists, this language of blessedness. It's deep in the human heart, this desire for true happiness, this desire to find true blessedness. And as we turn to our Gospel reading today, we get Jesus' vision of what it is to truly be blessed. And you won't be surprised to know that it's a bit of a different picture than what our world presents to us. So let's think about what Jesus says here about true blessedness. First, that we're blessed in our helplessness. Second, that we're blessed in our helpfulness. And third, that we're blessed in Christ. So first, Jesus pronounces his blessings on us in our helplessness. This has to be some of the most surprising teaching for us about what Jesus considers true blessedness. Notice what he says. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, the spiritual beggars. Blessed are those who mourn or who are sorrowful. Blessed are the meek, the lowly, the little ones. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. In each and every case, these are people who lack something, who are in need. Blessed even are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Straight away, you see, Jesus is presenting us a different vision of true blessedness. Now, let me tell you, you're not going to go on the internet and find too many people labelling these sorts of situations blessed. You will not find pictures of Christian churches being burnt down and pastors locked up in jail and people saying, oh, hashtag blessed. This is just a different picture, isn't it? Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you. How can Jesus speak like this? Let's think more deeply about it. Blessed are those who mourn, who grieve, who are sorrowful. Some of you in this very room are in mourning. We come here to celebrate All Saints Day. Some of you have lost loved ones this past year. Others carry grief from losing loved ones further in the past. 
Still others have experiences of mourning and sorrow over the other forms of loss in life. We do not normally think of these, these painful circumstances in our lives as being places of blessing, do we? And yet Jesus does. He says there is blessing in your helplessness. But here's the really important point to get about it. It is not blessed are the poor in spirit, full stop. It is not blessed are those who mourn, full stop. It is not blessed are those who are persecuted and that's it. In each case, the blessing is not because of the circumstances, but because of what God does in them. In each case, God is at work giving something, bringing something, doing something despite the circumstances. We can miss this very basic point about the Beatitudes because everything is in the passive voice. They will be comforted. They will be filled. And we're thinking, well, by who? Who's doing the action there? But the idea is when you hear these passives in the Bible, it's almost always God doing the action. God at work. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness because God will fill them. Blessed are you who mourn for the Lord God will comfort you. The blessing is because God is at work. And I think we can get a window onto this even from our everyday human experience. Just think about our experience of funerals. This is on my mind, of course, because it is All Saints Day. One thing I've noticed around funerals and times of grief in families and communities is that it can be a time when people comfort each other when they receive comfort from others. As one of our funeral prayers says, it can be a time when people are drawn together in their sorrow. Not always. Funerals can also arouse some of the difficulties in family life, but often this sort of thing happens. People are drawn together. They comfort each other. Now, that doesn't mean that the grief and the sorrow are not there and are not painful. And yet in that, through receiving the comfort of another, there can be a particular blessing that we would not otherwise have had. And Jesus is saying something far greater than this. He's saying that true blessedness can be found even in our mourning and our sorrow because God himself, Father, Son and Holy Spirit will comfort you. Remember one of the names for the Holy Spirit is the Comforter. This came up in the last verse from that beautiful Revelation reading as well. That God will wipe every tear from their eyes. I knew someone who was very fond of saying about that verse, you cannot wipe away tears from a distance. This is the promise of the closeness of God. Blessed are you in your helplessness. But secondly, notice that Jesus also blesses us in our helpfulness. 
Did you notice this movement in the text? That in these Beatitudes there seems to be a movement from situations where people are lacking in something to situations where people are doing something. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the mourning, the meek, the hungry and thirsty and then blessed are the merciful for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Blessed are the peace makers for they will be called children of God. There's an image that one writer uses which I find quite helpful in remembering this movement in Jesus' pronouncements of blessings. He says that you can imagine it's beginning with a person on their knees, in the posture of a beggar, empty hands. This is where it begins. The poor in spirit, the spiritual beggar, the one who acknowledges they have nothing in their hands to give to God but everything to receive. And what does God do? He blesses you. He gives to you extravagantly the whole kingdom of heaven. And the way the picture works then is to imagine that from this position on our knees, Jesus lifts you up and puts you on your feet. And so now the person is on their feet, they can do something. They can be active. You can pass on what you have received from God. The poor in spirit have received mercy from God. Now you can be merciful to others. And mysteriously, Jesus says, as you show mercy to others, you receive even more mercy from God. To the one who has, more will be given. It's like a loop of mercy, a loop of grace. There is true blessedness in our helplessness, but there's also true blessing in our helpfulness. Showing mercy to those we meet. Living pure lives towards those around us. Making peace in our relationships, in our communities, our church, our families. And again, I think we can get a window onto this even through everyday human experience. Isn't it true, just at a simple level, that if you aren't feeling too good about things in life, but you go out and intentionally engage in an act of mercy for another person, that it's almost guaranteed you will feel better. Someone told me during the week that this is quite prominent in some of the literature around anxiety and depression. Jesus says, blessed are the merciful for they will receive mercy. A part of the problem, it seems, is that we are so easily curved in on ourselves. And Jesus says there's a true blessing in being lifted out to see the needs of others and to show mercy. Because it is All Saints Day as well, it's worth us remembering that we have seen these sorts of qualities in our loved ones who have departed this life. Let me mention a quote from the Lutheran Confessions that I've used before. It says in our Book of Concord about the saints, it is also taught among us that the saints should be kept in remembrance 
so that our faith may be strengthened when we see what grace they received and how they were sustained by faith. Moreover, their good works are to be an example to us, each of us in his own calling. There's a nice parallel there with this movement in the Beatitudes. As we remember these dear Christian people who have died, first we focus on the grace they've received. We remember that like all of us, they are by nature spiritual beggars who now experience the full blessedness of the presence of God only by his grace. But then secondly, we also give thanks for the good things they did in their life and they can be an example to us. Perhaps it was your mother, your grandfather, your friend, who was an especially merciful person, or who strove for purity in their lives, or who did make peace with those around them. Learn from them. Follow their example. There is true blessedness in our helpfulness. Jesus' blessings in our helplessness, Jesus' blessings in our helpfulness. Finally, Jesus' blessings in himself. The true blessedness is in Christ. As is so often the case, Jesus is the one who embodies most fully his own teaching. Here are these words from Jesus at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. But then as you read through the rest of the Gospel, who will you find that actually does it? Who is the truly merciful one? Who is the truly pure in heart? Who is it that came to bring peace? It is the one who speaks these words. It is Jesus himself. Read the rest of the Gospel and look for the one who is persecuted for righteousness' sake and you will be drawn to Jesus, the one rejected, despised, handed over to sinful men. Read the Gospel and look for the one who is poor in spirit, who is mourning, who is meek, who is hungry and thirsty and you will find him and you'll find him on the cross. It is finally only in Jesus Christ himself that we will find this true blessedness because it is in his death and resurrection that he opens up the kingdom of heaven for the poor in spirit as he defeats death so that those who mourn can be comforted and as he reveals to us the righteousness of God for those who are hungry and thirsty for it. In his death and resurrection, he makes peace and he gives it to you as a gift. True blessedness is found in Christ. As you are baptised into him, as you trust in him, we are saints in Christ Jesus, the Holy One. Did you hear that picture from the book of Revelation of those who wear the white robes who have made them white by washing them in the blood of the Lamb. All of this 
is given to you today in the body and blood of Jesus. Here we join with those who have died in Christ and now see God's face with angels and archangels and the whole company of heaven. Here those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled in this foretaste of the feast to come. So what is it to be truly blessed? Jesus gives us his picture this morning of true blessedness in our helplessness, true blessedness in our helpfulness, final and ultimate blessedness in Christ. May God grant it to us for Jesus' sake. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.